you know, like you always start with like, what's an interesting fact about you? And those are kind of hard sometimes. What's a normal fact about you? Ooh. Right? I like those. And it's like, you get like, you get like different ones. I would say mine is I, I sleep on my stomach. It's my sleeping position. Interesting. So I've had time to think about it. I like it, that. So it's okay. Yeah. I like <laughs> this a lot. I don't eat breakfast. Huh. Okay. I just don't. Nice. Just, just ne- is this just recent have coffee? or just never been a I, I think person? I was made to when I was a kid. It was like, you have to have breakfast in the morning. And then as soon as I like went to college, I was like, enough of that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I have my coffee and I'm done. Not required. Yeah. Nice. Um, I am technically over five foot, which hey. is... A big deal. That's perfect. <laughs> I like it. Like, by the doctor, I am yeah. over five. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. It's like five foot and a quarter, but I still got that quarter. <laughs> yep. These are all technically incredibly normal. I really like this I question, Jeronic. That's great. <laughs> That's Thank you. Good. I can't take too much credit for it. I saw it on a social media site, but it's one of those where it just makes you think a little bit. Yeah. Of, what's a normal fact about me? Um, yeah. He uses it with his like middle schoolers, and almost like I feel like that's a great icebreaker for that age group as well. Yeah, uh, being like, what's an interesting fact? It's like, what's a normal fact? Like, yeah, for so, sure. Um, awesome. I have to well, use this with other people now. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> it took me a second to think about it too. Yeah. I, had to, I had to really think about it, but. Today on our Tech for Business podcast, um, Matthew, our GRC analyst and VCSO, and our uh, Andrew, our customer service or customer strategy advisor, um, join us to discuss hardware lifecycle. And to kind of start us off, my first question is why? I mean, why are we discussing this today? Oh, where to start? <laughs> you so, know, um, I, I would start off with technology is changing all the time. Um, and it's, if you're not updating, you're behind. Um, and having a plan for how you're updating, uh, and today specifically about workstations and, and the devices that users interact with every day, um, is, you know, if you're not updating it, you get a lot more support issues. Uh, there's a lot more uh, tickets and unexpected expense when it comes to your budget and being able to have a consistent budget for replacement. Yeah, I agree. There's there's really that proactive reactive side to it of proactively, are you prepared for the expenses to the business? And reactively, are you prepared for the unexpected expenses to the business from an individual not being out of work, replacing a machine you're not expecting to replace? Um, I'm sure we all have experience with those workstations just dying. And if you aren't prepped in some way, if you didn't expect that or you haven't done part of this process that says, I need this computer to be alive for this amount of time and the things you can do to prep for that, you're reactively trying to run the business, which can have, you know, a person being out of commission because they're a remote worker without a machine for three days. Do you know what the consequences of that are for the business? You probably should. And that's where this life cycle can kind of come into play for that. It's kind of like a like you we've we've talked about it before with like risk analysis and, and different things like that. Like this is this is a form of risk 
um, in like the hardware being just if I, I was always told if electro if electricity runs through it, it's gonna fail. It doesn't. <laughs> exactly. We don't know. We don't know when. Uh, not all the time, but sooner or later it's going to fail. Um, yeah. Sometimes you get a lemon out of the factory and it fails a month into you having it. And that's why you have a warranty. Uh, sometimes it can be that workhorse. Um, you know, I think we've all seen like those old printers that your parents have that you're just like, you haven't replaced this in 25 years, but it can still print out, um, you know, like that black and white paper. Um, sooner or later, everything that has electricity running through it is going to die. Um, and it's just trying to be ahead of that replacement um, and, and making sure that you know that you have the functionality of that device and you can depend on it. Exactly. And so, Jaren, you and I spoke about this earlier, but the, the and you mentioned it briefly before, the distinction of life cycle for different devices, network devices, you know, firewalls, switches, things like that is significantly different to what it is for the workstations. So workstations are something that we can all agree have, you know, not the biggest, depending on your network, but a significant impact on everyone. Um, so when it comes to getting getting those workstations ready and and having that risk assessment in place, what's something that you focus on? I focus on kind of like, I don't know, kind of looking and, and asking if they have a workstation replacement in place already. Um, if they do, great. We can continue that and work on it. Um, if not, it's really kind of talking with them about the business. Um, what do you do? Um, uh, manufacturing is going to be different than a law firm is going to be different than um, a, a, a municipality. And so really identifying the, the criticality and the different job roles and the software that runs on those um, is, is really paramount. The biggest example I use is, is engineering and CAD. Um, we work in several different um, industries, one of them being manufacturing, um, you, you need to have an updated graphics card and a <laughs> GPU in order to run these programs. Um, yeah. Those are usually the heavy hitters where I'm just like, you should probably replace those for those individuals every three to five, or sorry, three to four years at minimum. Yeah. Um, and that's not saying that you have to get brand new ones and those go in the trash, right? Um, it's, it's okay, the, this individual has, or these individuals get this replacement on this certain time, time frame, and then they go to accounting or um, into the warehouse where there's less, um, less draw on, on those resources. But it's making sure that I think in the end, People have what they need to do to work. Yeah. Um, and so if that's, you know, making sure that you have a device that can run CAD or can print labels. Um, so really identifying the need for different role types 
um, and that kind of puts it. We've talked we talked about it earlier um, before this, but like kind of tiers, which it's tiers role based. You know, you can kind of look at it that way, um, but really identifying who needs the you know shiny new equipment um, yeah. and identifying that, and then it kind of trickles down of okay, so we have you know accounting, some of the clerical staff. Um, you know, those that don't have as much draw on the resources. Um, okay, what's that life cycle look like? If you're taking those devices and recycling them, making sure that they still get updated as well, because again, knowing the life cycle is going to help you budget. Yeah. Um, and then really, okay, some of the conversations I have where they're like, we're going to go until they die. And that's not recommended because, <laughs> you know, Matthew on the security side will be like, well, time out. There's security flaws. There's exploits. Um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that. Um, and I 100% agree. Um, if it can run the security tools 99% of the time, if they want it, they're just going to keep running it. Uh, but the important side of that is making sure that you have something on site uh, is my recommendation to replace that right away. If it doesn't have a warranty, if you're running until it dies, okay, that's fine. It's just printing labels. But the job role of that label printer yeah. is that if that machine dies, it you can't ship anything out. Uh, or even if it's just your UPS machine and it can't do it. Okay, you can still send FedEx, but you can't send UPS. Yeah. Um, and so making sure you have some sort of spare or some sort of device that's consistent, consistently turned on and, you know, getting patches and getting, getting the recent AV um, or updates from EDR, all the different security tools that you can plug and play. Uh, if it's needed. So that's another conversation I have as well. Uh, I agree with all of that. It's uh, there's so much to cover here that I I kind of want to talk about it in terms of how I do it specifically. Yeah. And when when I started doing this for the first time, um, the only way I could do it was to do it for myself and then expand out. So I just brought up an you know empty Excel document and listed my computer. Uh, listed all the software that I have to use for my job, based it on how critical that software was for me. And we've done a podcast previously on RTO and RPO, and this is basically what my introduction to that was, was, was doing this for myself. And then I listed how often, uh, when it was being replaced or how, when I wanted it replaced, uh, what those requirements would be, the cost of that. And all of a sudden I had this document that showed exactly what the specifications this machine needs to be and how much that was going to cost and when I replaced it. I know a lot of people don't believe in warranties, uh, but I feel like in my experience, that's because they've never had to use one in a business context like this before. Uh, some of the support you can get with these machines is flying someone out to replace the machine for you next day, depending on how much you're willing to spend. So it can be incredibly useful. Uh, in my case, I basically recommend four-year warranties, and then you replace the device in the fifth year. That's very generic. It's always specific to you. 
And then we kind of move on to that role-based, right? So if my machine has these requirements on it, how can I make that match someone else's machine? Uh, you mentioned differences between accounting and things like that, but the specifications for software and the specifications for users, because sometimes it's not a specification for a software. Sometimes a user just wants the best and they're allowed to have that. That's a decision that's been made by the organization. Cool, they get one of those machines too. Um, defining that, defining who maybe doesn't need that, and all of a sudden you just start adding all the machines you look after into this list and you've got basically a replacement plan. Uh, it grows very quickly because once you have those baselines of that life cycle and the tiers or role-based, depending on how you're doing it, it just kind of comes together. Uh, it's not fast <laughs> and maybe there's a lot of conversations you need to have about who's got what type, um, but there does tend to be consistency even in places that doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistency uh, for who needs what type of machines, what they're doing. Uh, once you've got it all in place, there's a sense of, I mean, comfort is the one, uh, the ability to sleep better because I'm not stressed about it is the one you'll hear me mention the most in the other podcasts. But it really does happen. It's it's nice to know what's needed, what needs to be done. And you'll often find if you haven't been doing this, that there's a inconsistent replacement time. So maybe you're replacing a whole bunch of machines at once. And so one of the reasons you think that it's very expensive to replace workstations is because it is when you're dropping the amount of 10 workstations at once. But you can stagger that when you're planning. Maybe you replace one right at the five year mark or the four year mark, and then you just do a couple of machines every month. And that price is still the same, but it's monthly instead of being all in a, you know, two times throughout the year. Uh, it just makes it easier to budget. Yeah, I've seen that with introducing this concept to to some customers who don't have it where they did a big spend in, let's say, 2020, and we're looking at a three-year budget, mm -hmm. and you see that big workstation <laughs> number in the six digits in yeah. 2025, and, you know, this is the time to talk about it, right, is, okay, it's, you're in 2020, here's what 2025 looks like. Let's spread that to the, I don't know, $2,000 you have uh, yeah. for the workstation in 2024. Yeah. Is there somebody who, you know, should get a new one? Um, you know, let's look at some of the tickets. Is there somebody who's been submitting a lot of tickets? Uh, and then we can say on the same end of, okay, what can we do to spread that into 26? Who doesn't need one? Um, and be able to 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 look at that budget through the three-year, five-year lens um, and say, yeah, you have a big cap X because of this big buy. That's not a bad thing. Um, you know, all the devices, as you said, is there's that fluctuation of of buying and devices last different. Even the same workstation um, can perform differently over the years. And I think that's just you know, really having a grip on the business and, and understanding, you know, the role uh, that technology plays in getting your job done. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, and there's you, you and I both experienced that end of end of life, right? For I mean, XP, obviously, but uh, Windows 7 end of life. And there was a lot of people who were seeing a huge cost increase 
to their their thing because all of a sudden it was every machine that needed to be replaced because maybe the tools they use required windows 10 now um not to be a harbinger of doom but windows 10 goes end of life in october of 2025 we're a little over two years away from that so you are if you haven't prepped for this already, you're two years away from potentially having that exact same experience again that you had with Windows 7 machines. Um, and, and 75% of the workstations, and that is a pure, I'm guessing, <laughs> but uh, 75% of the workstations should be able to run Windows 11. Yeah, I mean, we don't but know. It, Maybe that's right? going to change, right? Exactly, but it, but it's, it's, that, it's that 25% that will keep you up and being like, is my business going to be able to work if yeah. I don't do it? If you buy a new workstation now, it's going to have a weapon on it. Um, yeah. and, and if you've if you've spent a lot of time buying the everything, we desperately need this workstation. Let's buy it. And and you mentioned this before with CAD, Andrew, that there are specific drivers you need for CAD. You can't just run a regular machine and hope it's going to work. You need to make sure that the the graphics card works with it, etc. If you're doing that, but on top of that, you're also saying, is the OS going to run on it? And you've spent the past couple of years just buying whatever machine was available to you because it didn't need CAD. Maybe you even ran to Costco and just picked up whatever the quickest one was, which please don't do that. Um, (laughs) Then you're going to be especially hit during this changeover. Um, And while it's not pleasant to have to say, all right, I need to set aside this amount of money to replace these workstations, you're going to have to do it anyway. So let's plan ahead. Yeah, and you know, on the on the kind of the sales side is, you know, working through a vendor like CIT or or anyone else is we have relationships with with the vendors. So if you're not, you know, brand like we're brand agnostic um, for the most part. Where it's like, if you want to, in in my opinion, it's they're a lot of the same now. Uh, it, there used to be a big discrepancy in oh, you went with Dell versus HP versus Gateway versus whatever, Lenovo. In my opinion, there's a, a, a continuity, more continuity. Um, and it's really finding the best deal. And if you know that you're going to purchase 10 workstations in the next year, you know, it's nice to have a partner that can say, hey, did you know HP is running this promo deal and you can get you know, you can buy five of them now or 10 of them now and be able to save X amount of dollars um, because they're running a promotion. And it's because you know that you're going to have, you know, purchase a certain number. Um, So you can get that bulk instead, as you said, going to Costco and just, you know, buying one off of the shelf. Uh, And again, if if you take nothing else away from this, please (laughs) don't go and buy a work computer from just Costco. I mean, there's there's a bunch of reasons not to, but they very often mix and match different types of RAM and, you know, a four gig stick and a two gig stick, which is going to have speed issues and also not be enough for Windows. But just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sure. So I, I think a lot of what we talked about today is the importance of planning and, and thinking ahead. And I know you both 
sat down with customers and had these conversations before. Um, if someone is kind of starting this journey, they're hearing this podcast and thinking, oh no, where do I start? We know sitting down and, and assessing what you have, but what's the step after that? I think it's looking at your overall cost, honestly, yeah. and going, this is how much it's going to cost to replace all of my workstations, yeah. right? If I need to drop, you know, X amount of dollars, this is how much approximately, right? How much it's going to cost to replace every single one of my workstations um, in my business right now. Uh, taking that number and breaking it up into three, four, five, six years maybe, um, and and going, okay, what what can our business do? What can we tolerate? Um, probably adding about 10, 20% to that number, um, just with uh, inflation, with changes in technology, um, and really working off of that number is kind of um, one way that I approach it. Um, it's also going, okay, what's our cycle? 25, okay, yep, 25 devices, you know, this is what it is, right? Um, so that's kind of, Matthew, I'm not sure if you um, yeah. have done it another way, but that's kind of, you know, as you as you said, is big picture. What is it going to cost? This is what I can tolerate. Uh, yeah. Whether, whether you're on the leadership team or whether you're just, you know, the technician doing this work, having that budget and showing that budget is going to get you the most leeway because, you know, you're right. These machines are going to fail. You are going to have to replace them. Having that number available is going to make things just nicer to see, even if people bulk at it, even if it's not something they want to talk about, which, you know, you see occasionally, just have it ready. The next step is confirming that and really pushing that forward and budgeting for not just your workstations, but all of IT. Uh, I very often hear people say we're an X organization that uses technology, not a technology organization that does X. And that's true. I'm sure that's how it looks. But if everything you do is run from a computer, make sure you're giving it the gravity it has. Um, because that's what you are doing both. And it's not just we have we use technology, it's we have to use technology. So give it that priority. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's a great place to end. Um, thank you, Matthew and Andrew, for joining us today. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast or you're interested in hearing us talk about hardware lifecycle that's not workstations, please reach out to us um, at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com slash podcast. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode.